0: So, Stephen Holder, you were at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. You were there watching the gold medalist in the underwear Olympics, Anthony Richardson, who calls himself what as you wound up learning, spending time with the guy?
1: He's got a self-given nickname that he started uh, using in, I think, 11th grade back in high school, Eastside High in in Gainesville, Florida. Mm -hmm. It's Cam Jackson. What does that mean? It's a combination of his two favorite quarterbacks, the two guys he has patterned his game after, Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson. But Cam Newton, I don't know that he was this level of freak athlete. Boy, the pressure. Bunny's going to flip oh, it out.
0: Stays alive.
2: Richardson oh, no, no. leapfrogs a defender out of bounds. Give me a break.
1: And Lamar Jackson, he is not as big. as As Anthony Richardson.
0: Richardson faked the boot. He'll load it up and cut it loose with that big arm. Touchdown, Gators! What's it like to watch this sort of a project reveal itself? What was the scene like on Saturday?
1: So we're in Indianapolis. There's some buzz in the building. It's kind of cool. And over to the side, there's these random workouts set up. You know, the broad jump, the vertical jump. And they rarely really make news, right? Because what does a broad jump distance even mean in context? I I have no idea, or most fans don't know. Mm -hmm. But in this case, those were headlines because what Anthony Richardson did was so rare. He broke the all-time record for broad jump and vertical jump for a quarterback at the NFL Combine. And that's not something that anyone ever leaves the NFL Combine talking about. So he goes out there, he runs the 40. He runs a 4-4-4 a four, four, four initially.
0: And here he is running a 40-yard
1: dash and oh my goodness, wow. it I'm is
0: rolling.
1: full Moses Malone. Uh 4-4-4. Four, four, four. They adjusted to 4.43 seconds, the fastest in 10 years by a quarterback. And then he threw the deep balls. And that is where you really get a sense of what kind of potential this guy has. Anthony Richardson, here we go. (laughs) Matt Lander's going deep.
0: Look at that. Oh, my goodness. He he threw that
1: from the nine-yard line, and it landed on the 30. He turned that one over like a punt. I watched the throwing session, or really the entire workout, with... Richardson's camp. And so we were sitting in the bleachers at Lucas Oil Stadium. When Anthony was throwing his deep balls on one of them, there was a guy sitting in airshot of us. <laughs> and as the ball is arcing through the air, he says, Oh my God. <laughs> and, and I was like, Yeah, I know. It's an interesting dilemma. And it really is a dilemma. I think you have this really inexperienced quarterback. He only made 13 starts at Florida. Not really enough to really give you the whole picture. But I think the other side of that is he's 20 years old. He doesn't turn 21 until May. He has limitless upside. We know what kind of athlete he is. And the NFL has changed. There is an openness now to quarterbacks like Anthony Richardson that didn't exist that long ago. And you don't want to be the team who needed a quarterback and maybe were afraid to make the move and end up being wrong and regretting this decision. But you're going to have to also look past a lot of presumptions and preconceived notions and all the things that you've been taught as an NFL executive over the years. Who's going to have the courage, right, to say, we don't care. We think this guy can be great.
0: There is this famous line from the screenwriter William Goldman that I think about whenever it's time to talk about the NFL draft. In Hollywood, Goldman once said, nobody knows anything. Not one person in the entire motion picture field knows for a certainty what's going to work. Every time out, it's a guess. And if you're lucky, an educated one. Which is basically how all of us here in the sports media should feel about even the most experienced talent evaluators in the NFL because all of them are guessing and trying to get very lucky. So today, Stephen Holder educates us about the young man who might be football's newest blockbuster, Anthony Richardson, as the NFL tries to figure out whether the Florida quarterback is the next Titanic or... You know, the boat. Hi, Pablo Torre. It's Wednesday, March 8th. And this is ESPN Daily.
2: Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part...
0: So Stephen Holder, you were at the NFL Combine this past weekend and you had unprecedented access to the quarterback prospect that everybody is obsessed with, Anthony Richardson. And you spent time in and around his camp. So what was it like to see
1: Richardson up close? Just the physical, imposing nature of Anthony Richardson is just stunning. When you meet him, you shake his hand, when you're in his presence. Hmm. We're in the Indiana Convention Center. You know, there's people milling around. There's some sort of construction safety conference going on down the hall. And then there's the NFL combine. It's a very weird scene, right? <laughs> we're hanging out. We're talking. We're doing a little bit of a you know, casual interview for this story. And then this guy, this sort of bystander who was attending the, some other conference at the convention center, he realizes this guy's probably an athlete. And he says, what position do you play? Anthony decides to play a game with him. <laughs> he says, Oh, well, what do you think I play? And the guy says, Ah, you've got to be a, a linebacker. Maybe your defensive end. He just laughs. laughs. Sir, I'm a quarterback. And you should see this guy's face. <laughs> 6'4, 244 pounds, doesn't look like a quarterback. So he just defies convention. He is one of one, really.
0: And so his physical presence is one enormous thing, but his talent, which is by pretty much all accounts, very raw. That is another, Stephen. And so how have NFL teams and scouts been reacting to that combination?
1: Here's a great anecdote that tells you that people's wheels are turning. So we're sitting there watching myself and Richardson's camp, his agents, his manager, and they're still throwing. They're almost done, but they're still throwing at this point. And his manager's phone rings. He picks up the phone and he gets off and he says, that was Team X. I am not going to name the team to protect the innocent. Mm -hmm. They were calling during the workout, okay, during the (laughs) workout, to ask if they could carve out some private time at his pro day later this month in Gainesville. I mean I don't know how often that happens it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that happens very often I mean they weren't even done no but it felt it felt like suddenly he was yeah, this is the prom king right and I think it's a real indicator of how his stock is rising.
0: Take me back to long before you got to Indianapolis and you saw grown men uh, fainting basically at this kid's arm and and entire physical profile here because I want to understand where he
1: came from. Where does this start? To really understand him, you have to go back to his early childhood. He's born in Miami and times are tough. His mother, LaShonda, She's working multiple jobs. He has a a younger brother who comes along. They are uh, moving from place to place, not really ever stable. And so eventually they move to Gainesville when Anthony is 10 years old. They had a little more stability, but mom is still working multiple jobs. That then becomes a situation where he's trying to juggle football and, and taking care of his younger brother who was an absolute priority for him. Corey, who is, I believe, seven years younger, he would get out of school, and Anthony would jump on his black mountain bike and race over to the elementary school, get him, stick him on the handlebars, (laughs) take him home, and make sure he gets squared away, and then race back to Eastside High for practice. It'd be late sometimes, right? But that's what he had to do. And somehow, in the midst of all of that, he managed to become an elite prospect and get a scholarship to the University of Florida.
0: This idea that here is a kid who grew up in tough circumstances and is this raw talent and is this guy with lots of questions. I mean, the general assumption here is that he is unpolished. But when he's meeting with these NFL teams, and so much of the combine is, of course, psychological investigation in ways that are both ridiculous and also fascinating to me, Um, what was the reception that he got
1: when he goes and meets with all of these talent evaluators in these settings? I'll start by saying I think a lot of these, these meetings and evaluations I think is about getting a better sense of who someone is, right? And a lot of what these teams perhaps thought about Anthony Richardson, comes from incomplete information, right? All they know is that he's young, that he's unpolished, as you said. Uh, They haven't seen a lot of him. So where's the bar? I don't know. Maybe it's not that high in that circumstance. Oh, do you think maybe I don't know uh, football at a high level? Well, let me show you. Uh, Do you think that maybe you don't know how I got here? Well, let me tell you my story. And that was something that his agents and Anthony really – talked about in advance of these interviews. Let them learn who you are. And it's interesting because Anthony is, by nature, a really quiet guy. He's very, very personable, but you do ha- you kind of have to drag things out of him, right? It, and so this was maybe not in his nature to be so expressive and to tell his life story and, and to share this window into who he is. But this was really important. And it appears that he was able to sort of shed that and to go outside of his comfort zone and do this for something that was just critically important toward his future.
0: Well, I also want to introduce the other aspect of convention here and caricature and stereotype, which is you're describing a young black dude in his 20s who has, again, a lot of raw material to be shaped. And so the mental investigation that teams are attempting here, the questions of cognitive processing, a loaded term in NFL history when it comes to black quarterbacks.
1: How did he grade out in that regard? So all indications are that he did very well. And certainly we aren't in these interviews and they don't give us you know, a, a box score when they're over with or anything, right? So you kind of have to go by what you're told. But I thought we did get a window into that And that's why this access was very helpful. So tagged along with him on Thursday to multiple places. One of those stops along the way was a sit-down with NFL Network. And so he is in this room with Steve Mariucci, former NFL head coach, Mm -hmm. quarterback guru. And it's sort of this quarterback meeting setup.
0: Come on in here, Anthony
2: Richardson, Florida Gators. Uh, Yes, sir. How you doing?
1: I'm good. How about you?
2: Thanks for doing this.
1: They're doing an interview, and they're talking back and forth about ball, about him. But also, there's a whiteboard in the room, and they're going to talk X's and O's. So they get up there, and Steve Mariucci is drawing up a play that he used to run when he was coaching San Francisco 49ers. He's like, all right, this guy over here, this is Jerry Rice, and this is T.O., and this is J.J. Stokes. This was a zebra, you know what that would be? That would be Jerry Rice. Ever heard of
0: Jerry Rice? Wow. Yeah, the best, okay? <laughs> zebra left, we put him in motion to a stack over here.
1: He's got Steve Young under center. It's got a six word cadence that I don't even remember because it was too long. So that is trips right, wide deep, zebra left, 74, zebra bake, got it? Got gotcha. it. So then they sit down, continue the conversation, and then here comes the curveball, and Steve says to Anthony, "All right, you remember my play? Now get on that board, show me." I occupy this side of the defense, and the oil you run okay. the, the shake route, as, right. you, as you would call it. Where's he going? I would, we would call this a divide bro. You know, you best want to divide the field, aim for the pylon. You now you want to occupy this backside safety. This is the bank route, as you would call it. Okay. You know, just spin this corner around, lose him. And what's the protection? 74 max pro. Max. Not bad. He draws up the formation, uh, everything's perfect. He did mess up in one regard. He had Steve Young in the shotgun rather than under center because, duh, it's 2023 and no <laughs> one's under center. That's the kind of thing they do in those interviews. Not every team, but a lot of teams. So if, if he handled that the way he handled those meetings, then I have no doubt that he governed himself pretty well. Give me the before and after because heading into the
0: Combine, There are four names that every NFL fan is thinking about at the top of the draft um, when it comes to quarterbacks. And that's Bryce Young out of Alabama, CJ Stroud out of Ohio State, Will Levis out of Kentucky, and Anthony Richardson. And so before the combine, what order did you have them? And after it, where
1: do you think it stands now? So these things are always in the eye of the beholder. But I would say this. I think that most people would have had him fourth. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the question initially at the very end of the college season, the question was, okay, is he a first-round pick? What a play by Richardson. A ball fake to keep it alive. And he's got a man alone in the back of the end zone. Are you kidding me? And then it became, all right, well, how how far can he go? And that's where we are now. It's not a matter of, is he a first-round pick? Or it's not even a matter of like, oh, will he make it past the middle of the first round? Now the question is like, all right, is this guy getting out of the top 10? And the answer very much is almost positively no. The fact of the matter is, he played on a Florida team that everyone you talk to agrees was not flush with talent on offense. What if you can get him in the right situation with the right supporting cast, the right coach, That is the tantalizing part for for teams to consider. Look, there is so much need, and there is so much, I think in recent years, much more open-mindedness, as I talked about earlier, for these dual-threat quarterbacks, because he is very much a dual-threat, okay? A guy running a 4-4-3 40-yard dash. The perception and the view of those quarterbacks has undoubtedly changed. Lessons have been learned. Lamar Jackson barely made it into the first round. Jalen Hurts did not make it into the first round. Where would they be drafted today? They'd be the number one overall pick.
0: Coming up, the case against Anthony Richardson.
2: Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
0: So, Steven, it's worth noting here that no one knows anything in general when it comes <laughs> to, like, who's going to be a good quarterback or a good NFL player. Like, it is the most important thing, and a recurring theme on this podcast is our increasing understanding of how little an understanding that even the most expert of experts... Tend to have. And so I do want to do justice to the counter-argument here, right? The doubts. The doubts
1: about Anthony Richardson. How do you summarize those? There are justifiable doubts. Look, the pure numbers, they tell you a lot. Completing 53% of your passes is by no stretch of the imagination a good thing. No. Okay? And that is what he did last year at Florida. Again, are there mitigating reasons for that? Certainly. We talked about the supporting cast. But at the end of the day, that is the most important thing you've got to do. Deliver and distribute the football. And the lack of experience, right? Which is both
0: a lot of promise in terms of what if he gets that experience, but also an indictment
1: insofar as, yeah, we don't have it. (laughs) He played very little. 13 starts. It's guesswork. That's the problem. You're projecting. Right. There are a lot of smart people Trying to figure this out, but a lot of those same smart people have gotten it very, very, very wrong. Okay. Yes. In the past. The year Patrick Mahomes was drafted, Mitchell (laughs) Trubisky was the number two overall pick. Uh, Okay. uh, Yeah. So what are we even doing? Not great.
0: Not great, National Football League. (laughs) By the way, in terms of what Anthony Richardson is doing in these games that we've watched, right? Give me the uh, the yin and the yang. Give me the good and the bad. Like, give me the showcase for his potential and give me the case against the guy. So the
1: highs are very high. There's that play against LSU where he just gets out of the pocket. He outruns three LSU defenders. I think Richardson... Looking for Etienne to block, which he does, and here goes Richardson. One of them finally catches him from behind and tries to jump on his back, and he just kind of flicks him off.
2: Long strider and keeps his balance. What a run by Anthony Richardson. Superman in, and he says, I will
1: back down. He dives into the end zone, head over heels and gets up and celebrates, and it's it's a quintessential Richardson play. This is LSU, man. We're not talking about <laughs> – we're not talking about, like, a guy like Josh Allen, who's a great player. He played at Wyoming, okay? Right. Wyoming. I don't know who's on their schedule. LSU's not on their schedule, okay? Trey Lance, all right? North Dakota State. Pretty sure they didn't also play LSU. The lows, though, yes. I mean,
0: I, I, I'm thinking about um, Kentucky. Kentucky.
1: That did not go well. Richardson pulls it. Oh, and it's picked off. And inside the 10-yard line is Jordan
2: Wright.
0: What a play by Jordan Wright.
1: Looking at it here, he was 14 of 35 for 143 yards. And his average completion was 4.1 yards. That is awful. Hmm. Okay, No touchdowns, two interceptions. Empty look for Richardson. Oh! And Smith cuts inside, and he's gonna pick six in the swap. That goes to the heart of this. There's a lot of boom or bust, and that is something that NFL teams have to figure out. Whether it's it's part of who he is and always will be, or is it a product of the things that we talked about before? the other variables. It did appear that over the course of the season, he had a steady progression and improvement. And that I think is going to be something that teams really need to dig into and to see if they can glean anything from that. That is something that if you're going to invest a very high pick in a young man, that's a game you look at and it's alarming for sure. Now the boom and bust dynamic here around the most
0: important player by far (laughs) To an NFL team, these multi-billion dollar businesses, it's not something anybody takes lightly. And it's something, in fact, that is haunting. That can get someone fired or get someone permanently in the good graces of, of their bosses and their fan base. And you mentioned the name Josh Allen before. That's the guy when he got drafted in the top 10. A lot of the smart people that I know, my friends, left. They yep. laughed because he was so inaccurate, so undeveloped. He had a lot of those tools physically and, and none of the tape, really, that would indicate that accuracy and decision-making were going to be things he could master. And then he became Josh Allen. And now it seems like the NFL is trying to atone for some of those sins. But it's also seemingly a bigger development, a bigger evolution in the sport in terms of what is needed from a quarterback prospect to be great. So how has that understanding
1: changed as you've seen it? Yeah, I think Josh Allen is a really big part of this conversation because there are a lot of parallels there and they're obvious, right? The completion percentage, it's lack of consistency, all of those things. And why did it work for for Josh Allen? Coaching. The job they did in Buffalo with him, they did a great job. Certainly, Brian Dable, Ken Dorsey, they've done a great job coaching him and getting him to continue his development. He needed to develop, and he has. Other thing that has happened is supporting cast. What happened to Josh Allen when he got Stephon Diggs? He really took off. And certainly, he was already heading that direction. But I think you saw a big difference in the year they acquired Stefan Diggs, that is not accidental. And so all of that has to play a part in this. It's no one thing. It's usually a, a variety of things and a variety of variables that helps these guys get to where they need to go. Yeah, well, it's a question of can you actually develop a
0: guy into an accurate passer? Can you actually eliminate those mistakes that felt more um, a part of who you are sort of pre-Josh Allen five years ago than they do now. And then there's the other aspect, too, which is, look, we just watched a Super Bowl between Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, two dual-threat guys. And it does feel, Stephen, like when you look across the league you cover, everybody wants one of those. They want a Josh Allen, they want a Hurts, they want a Mahomes, they want someone who can be a threat in every possible way
1: a threat that does feel like, yeah, the next evolutionary step in this game. No question about it. And I just think it's so fascinating what has happened and continues to happen. The era of the the pocket passer. I don't want to say it's over, but it's dead. It's over. Yeah,
0: No, it's it's, (laughs) it's buried. Yeah, Yeah. we can, we can can throw
1: some more dirt on it if you want, but it's, it's done. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, look at the evaluation of CJ Stroud, who I think is a fantastic player out of Ohio state. He's going to be a, very early pick in this draft. Uh, he could be the first quarterback taken, for all we know, right? But the question about him, until we saw it in the playoffs, the college football playoff, was, can he create? Can he get out of the pocket? It's mm. like, well, wait, well, can he get out of the pocket? Wait, I thought we wanted pocket passers, right? <laughs> no, they actually don't anymore. And so the NFL is so slow to change, okay? So, so slow. Yes. But at the end of the day, you got to win, or you lose your job, and that is more true than ever, right? There is no patience. Quarterbacks don't get three or four or five years. You got to figure it out, and teams have figured out that guys with that sort of profile can kind of help you speed up the process. They don't have to be perfect. We saw it with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was not quite there in the 2021 season. I thought he made a huge jump in 2022, and certainly there were some personnel moves made that really helped him. But what he did do in 2021 and even late in 2020, he he was not ready to play, clearly, but he figured it out and he filled in the gaps with his athletic ability. So you still have to do the things that quarterbacks have traditionally been asked to do. But that's not to say you can't also still tap into those unique abilities that these quarterbacks have. And that's that's the game changer here. So some credit to the NFL to finally coming around to that. It's taken him a long time. But (laughs) Anthony Richardson is coming along at just the right time.
0: And so now I want to climb into the mind of an actual GM. And I want this guy. I'm sold. I want the gold medalist at the Underwear Olympics. It's ridiculous what he has done. But just at the end here, how do you summarize that calculus if you're an actual guy whose own job is on the line
1: considering this player? Well, I would say look at recent history. Look at 2017. The Chiefs get Patrick Mahomes. They had to trade up and go get him. It wasn't like they just said, oh, well, we got the 10th pick. Right. Ah, here's a quarterback. Ah, let's just take him. No, they had conviction. We're going to go get him. And they did. And guess what? They got the trophies to show for it. The Eagles, they had the audacity to say we are going to get rid of Carson Wentz, who was a number two overall pick, who we gave a gazillion dollars and we're going to get rid of him and we're going to make Jalen Hurts our quarterback. You have to have the wherewithal to be bold and just the, the stomach for it. That's what it takes in today's league. Maybe it's going to require a big risk, a big roll of the dice. Well, this is exactly that.
0: Even Holder, thank you for educating us about the roulette wheel that is the NFL draft. Hey,
1: this was fun. Anytime. Would love to come back. I'm Pablo
0: Torre. This has been ESPN Daily. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.